Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to week three. And um, if you're like me and yourself and you're younger than 50 years old, you were able to find the Amazon Prime app and watch the game tonight. Is that fair? Uh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, interesting game we got going on here so far. Uh, 7 to 13. Cleveland is um, trying to pull, pull a goal line stand here. Um, and yeah, yeah. Both one and one teams, both probably pretty bad in the grand scheme of things. It's something we'll have to watch moving forward, right? Well, it, it is an interesting matchup. It's, of course, a big division rival, big division game. Um, but uh, both these rosters look really close to uh, to dominant. But, uh, you know, they, they both need an upgraded quarterback. Um the Browns supposedly have that, you know, headed their way. And, uh, and the other thing that comes to mind is, uh, is it J.J. Uh, Watt is out? Sorry, T.J.? T.J. Watt, yeah. T.J. Yeah. Watt. T.J. Watt is out. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it, there's a, just a lot of talent on the field for watching a couple of teams that I, I don't expect to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and uh, arguably two pretty good coaches. Tomlin's top five in the league, and uh, Stefanski's uh, no slouch. I think we both really like him. He's just probably got oh, the, yeah. uh, the Cleveland Browns stink on him. He's got that, yeah. that, that <laughs> ick. That, that, no, that, that uh, certain, ick. Certainly loved him when he was in uh, Minneapolis. Great offensive coordinator there for a long time. Um, and uh, Tomlin, I mean, one of the one of the uh, most proven commodities at that at that position on a on a on a team so uh right yeah great great coaching um we've seen some uh some pretty uh glaring mistakes on on both sides of the ball in the uh defensive secondary so that's that's been the head scratcher for me this this half yeah, it's been ugly <laughs> i mean anytime you got Mitch Trubisky and uh Jacoby Brissett out here looking like it's uh Joe Montana and Tom Brady I don't <laughs> right. I'm not really sure how that happens but you know it's uh I guess you chalk it up to just really crappy yeah yeah secondaries so nonetheless uh what'd you make of week two before we head on to the waiver wire the wire of waivers oh man week two uh week two was a lot of fun uh didn't didn't get the Minnesota victory I wanted but uh you know, we, we, we learned things about some teams like, you know, the Eagles are for real. Uh, they're, they're definitely uh, going to be a, a tough team for anyone to match up with this season, I think. Uh, and then also we, we didn't learn a lot about, you know, the, I'm left scratching my head on a lot of teams. Uh, like, all, are the Colts terrible this year? Uh, I really didn't expect them to be. Um, <clears throat> you know, how good are the Jets and the Giants are they? I mean, did the are they as good as their record? Did the Jets get lucky last week against the Browns, or are they going to be able to pull off stunts like that again this season? Um, lots of they. Oh, and and you know we we saw a monster game from uh, Tua Tagovailoa and the uh, and the Dolphins offense. So lots of things you know that we've learned these first two weeks. The the Bills are who we expect them to be, um, and yeah. So it's. Uh, it was re- in a word. It was entertaining, really entertaining football last week. Yeah, <clears throat> um, surprisingly, I mean, we had some, some good games. We Miami and Baltimore. Good God, you know. I mean, have you seen a better game this year? Uh, and then a couple sneakers on Monday night. 
Uh, <laughs> right, right. Know? A little one-sided. So, yeah, it was what it was, right? I mean, I don't think anybody expected Buffalo to not beat the crap out of Tennessee, but that was, like, even more of a blowout than I could have guessed. Um, and in between, um, I think there was some other good games. I mean, there was some weird stuff. R.I.P. Trey Lance. Um, you know, he's, his season is over after breaking his ankle. It was pretty brutal to see. Jimmy G's back in the saddle. Had a couple questions about the waiver wire regards to him. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and um, kind of where is everybody else? I mean, is is the, is anybody in Atlanta worth starting? Uh, Baltimore. I mean, are we going to see that week to week? Is Miami good enough? Put up about 49 points a week. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, I'm still skeptical of Tua. I don't think he's a good quarterback, <laughs> but he kind of proved me wrong. Maybe he was listening. Sure he was if he is. Then, um, you know, shout out to Tua Tonga Bailoa out there and his brother. He's at the <laughs> University of Maryland. He's been there for like 14 years. But nonetheless, um, <clears throat> let's talk about some wire waivers, huh? Our waiver wires, wire of the waivers, uh, House of the Dragon. Um, so yeah. So <laughs> the, uh, the waiver wire, pretty interesting this week. Um, probably the weakest I've seen it. And I've been covering fantasy football for about three years now. This is probably the one the weakest. Probably one of the weakest waiver wires I've seen in a bit. <clears throat> There's not like a lot of great matchups. I'm not really sure who you really need to replace. So Alvin Kamara was out last week. Um, he, he might be out this week. Keenan Allen might be out this week. Um, there's some weird injuries around the NFL. Uh, Derrick Henry looked pretty crappy. So I, I'm not sure like if that's a guy you want to stick with. It's funny. I, I saw a TikTok that was like, um, if do I do it? Do I do it? And it was playing some like holy trinity music, and then it just showed Derrick Henry with like with a little drop symbol, you know, for like fantasy. And um, it, the guy's like little cursor of his mouth was wa- was waving over it like a bunch of times. You can hear him crying in the background. Um, golly, it's it's just been weird. I I, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't really expect Tennessee to turn around. So if you're out in the waivers, a um, couple guys I would recommend. Um, in addition to, actually, James Conner got hurt, too. So, if you're trying to play some guys in your team, you're sick of Derrick Henry's nonsense, here's two guys I would recommend looking at in Arizona. Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, uh, both rostered between 20 and 30%. Eno Benjamin, um, they're third down running back, so PPR League, I actually kind of really like him. Uh, 20, uh, he's rostered in, and I think he's going to get a big role with, with Conner out. Um, as I think they're going to run more of a... Uh, up-tempo offense in Arizona. I, the run and shoe is traditionally, it's run and shoe, right? Or like, what do they run? They run like a pass heavy, what do they call it? Uh, they, run, they run in ten, Texas Tech for like years. That's basically what they run. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's, it's a lot of passing, but uh, yeah, you know, no matter how, how much success you have throwing the ball, um, the running I, I backs think so. are going to yeah, get I, I think, a lot of use. So. I mean, I don't know about around the goal line. Maybe that's more for Daryl Williams, but I like, you know, Benjamin's pickup. I like either of those two. Mark Ingram uh, had 10 carries, 60 yards last week, got a fumble. I picked him up because Kamara's out. He's a last-minute addition. I think he's probably worth rostering, but I, I, Kamara still might start. He's 50-50, questionable. He didn't practice this week. Uh, he's limited in practice this week, so we'll see. Here's an under-the-radar guy, and uh, I feel so bad for him, Brian Robinson Jr., um, the rookie from Washington who was shot and unfortunately hasn't played this year because of it. Um, <clears throat> apparently, he's going to be coming back. So I don't know when. I thought he looked great before the whole thing happened. So I'd roster him if you have a chance, if it's a deep league. If not, just keep an eye on him. Um, 
Jordan Mason, uh, Ty- Tyrion Davis Price got injured. Uh, you know how they run it in San Francisco with several running backs, especially Jimmy G at, at quarterback. They're going to have to rotate him in and out. So Jordan Mason, running back, 10% of leagues he's rostered in. Keep an eye on him. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver from, from Washington Redskins. Uh, if you have Keenan Allen out or any other receiver, Julio Jones, Russell Gage. Mike Evans apparently might be out this week. He's got a lot of injuries, man. I don't really know what happened to all these skill players. There's a lot of injuries across the board. 59% of leagues he's rostered in. And he's he's been he's ranked the do, 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 let's see the tenth best receiver in fantasy so far. Curtis Samuel, he's been a free agent in the first two weeks. I talked to him a lot last week. Big fan of him. Michael Gallup will be coming back here soon. Um, <clears throat> but Ceedee Lamb still looking like he's a little hurt from that foot injury. Some guy that they'll look at. And uh, finally, but not last, uh, the tight end position. Um, if you're like me, and you drafted Cole Komet, and then you sucked his balls for the last two weeks on this podcast. Only for him to do nothing. Um, I, I, I keep an eye out. I mean, the tight end position, Trevor, you kind of talked about this at nauseum, but uh, you're you're always, you're on point with your commentary about it. There's three or four guys, and the rest of the league's an absolute joke. So, like, I don't really know who you can fill in week to week. If you have Cole Komet or you just don't like your tight end production, you're just going to go uh, basically what they call what uh, you're going to going to basically stream the tight end possession week to week. You need to fill in a new guy. So. Yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna carry one on your on your bench, okay? If you're hoping that one of these guys turns out to be an every week reliable guy, that is a huge roll of the dice. Um, so you really want to look at matchups and trends when it comes to plugging in your your tight end week to week, unless you have one of these guys that you can really trust. Um, but I'm glad you bring it up because uh, I'm excited for George Kittle to hopefully find the field for the first time this season this weekend. Um, and man, we're at the two minute warning now and David Njoku is having a monster first half. I just saw him pick up a couple of first downs on this current drive. Um, he, I believe he already caught a touchdown. One of those was his. Yeah. Um, big, big game so far for, uh, Njoku. So if you don't have any talent, uh, like I don't, (laughs) then Logan Thomas, Irv Smith, Jr., Evan Ingram, and Mike Gusecki are all rostered in less than 50% of leagues and might be worth streaming week to week. I, I don't know what to do at this point. I'm sorry I recommended Cole Komet as much as I did, and I apologize even more about Travis Etienne. I just had a feeling, and apparently it was diarrhea. So that's all I can say. Well, and, you know, I, I, I have Gusecki in one of my leagues, and uh, he's not impressed yet, and uh, it was kind of a... I'll say it was a little disappointing that he didn't cash in on that huge game last week through the air. Uh, But he's not laying an egg either. I think he was good for three or so points. You on the TV? um, Which is still, you know, sometimes you get nothing. So Uh, yeah, there you go. You ever see him in person? (laughs) Trevor looks exactly like Brian Fitzpatrick, and that's kind of funny. I had no idea that he had a role on Thursday Night Football. (laughs) So (laughs) I tell you, yeah, I'm a a man of mystery. but yeah, so the uh, the tight end position is a is a pretty interesting one to uh, try and figure out. And uh, when you when you get lucky with the tight end, it feels great because that can be a, a huge game changer in your matchup. Is whoever's tight end goes off. Speaking it's of matchups, do you want to talk? Let's talk week three. Speaking of football, the actual games, right? All right. 
So, as you know, we picked the top eight best games, probably the most likely are people to bet on because they're hardest and, they, and you end up winning the most money with the money on the line. And then we, if we have time, we'll circle back and do quick hits on the rest of the game. So, we'll start off with Buffalo Bills 2-0 at Miami 2-0. 5.5-point favorite to Buffalo. Sorry, I had to read that for a second. 52.5 over-under. This could be an absolute shootout, but it will probably be a blowout. That's just my <laughs> my opinion because Buffalo is... Just lights out this year, and um, they're seven and zero in the last seven trips against Miami. They've outscored them twenty, average of twenty one points a game in the last seven trips against Miami. Any chance they'll change? <laughs> so you know, in in my opinion, this is uh, th- this is the game I'm most excited to see. I think uh, <clears throat> with what we've already seen from these two teams in the first two weeks. Uh, we're about to learn a lot about both. I know I say that a lot. That, that's that's what I look forward to with a lot of these matchups is what am I going to learn about the Dolphins' offense? What am I going to learn about the Bills' consistency, their defense, their ability to play a division game on the road and and uh, and not waver? So uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. Man, I, I don't want to say it, but I got to go with the Bills here. I do. Uh, I'm kind of hopping on this Dolphins train right now. Uh, I think it's a real fun time to uh, to root for the Dolphins, but I just I don't think that this is their week. Um, I know they're playing at home. I know they're coming off an amazing an amazing game, uh, but these Bills they're serious. And uh, in the first two weeks, I think they've separated themselves from the entire league. Um, so you know, and, and I don't think the Bills are going to be good enough to you know. You can't take the Bills every week. They're not. They're, I don't think they're so good. They're going to go undefeated. So this could be. I could see the Dolphins pulling off an upset, but I'm not going to put my money on it. <clears> I yeah, I mean it's an easy call. I think there's a reason they outscored like 21 points. It'll be closer. Um, you, you taking over this one, by the way? Okay. Uh, I am. I am going to take the over on this one. I think. Uh, I, and the thing is, I like both of these defenses. I really do. Um, we may even see. Some uh, some some defensive scoring. I uh, wouldn't be surprised because um, they they definitely have playmakers yeah. in yeah, both I secondaries. Yeah, I mean it's um, yeah, Xavier Howard and Tredavious White. Unfortunately, Dane Jackson got hurt last uh, Monday for Buffalo. It's actually I think it's a big deal. You ask me in second in the secondary. So I, I like Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle I think is the real gem. Now we all knew Tyreek Hill what what he was, but you know forget that Sua has this great rapport with Jalen Waddle going back to Alabama. And um, he's been nothing short of spectacular the first two games. I mean, he's been tremendous. Uh, so I like him as a start. You know, you, you just got to start your Miamis. You just start your Buffaloes. You know who's good on e- either side. But here's a little <clears throat> quick nugget I think that people are going to underrate in this game. I don't think Miami uh, – I you know, I, I don't think Miami's good when it comes to outside runs – Defending the outside runs and zone runs, I think New England, although they got shut down because of Miami's front, they're good. But I think New England showed you can run if it's in a zone between the tackle and the guard on Miami. So that's why I kind of like uh, I like Cook. I like James Cook from from Buffalo, the the rookie. I think he's good, worthy of maybe a flex or really deep PPR start somewhere. Um, keep an eye on him. He's probably like a twelve or fourteen pointer in this one, um, and don't don't be surprised if that actually happens. He's probably ranked like a hundredth some, somewhere on ESPN.com. He's sixty six, so um, I still like him though. I, I think he's going to be sneaky here um, because that's where Miami's strength doesn't really lie. So you're taking Buffalo the over and Miami to cover, or 
they, you think they're going to get blown out? Um, so, I mean, I actually uh, I like the Dolphins to cover in this game. I think they're going to keep it close. Um, I think by the end, the Bills are really going to try to run the clock off with the way they can move the ball. Um, I expect the Dolphins are going to be trying to to do the whole, you know, score quickly to come from behind uh, thing. So uh, I, I like Miami to make this a real close one at home. Uh, I have them losing a heartbreaker, though. Uh, so, yeah, I take, uh, take Miami to cover, and I'm taking the over. Right. But uh, uh, the Moving on. This, one. this is the underrated shootout of the week, potentially, in the Midwest. Um, Detroit at Minnesota, six-point favorite to Minnesota, 51-and-a-half over under. Um, two teams that can probably score a lot of points. I mean, Detroit's looked a little pesky these first two weeks, if you know what I mean. And Minnesota, um, still trying to find their, just their identity, I guess, on offense. I'm not really sure where they're at. It's surprising they scored seven, what, seven and 24, 27 points. So it's, they're kind of in between somewhere. So. Yeah. They, they had a great first week and then they were on the other end of that type of type of game in week two. Um, so, uh, I, I love, uh, what the Vikings have in terms of weapons on offense. Uh, and I'm still very optimistic about, uh, new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, but, but that is what we're watching here. Uh, there's a lot of teams here with new head coaches and, uh, Kevin O'Connell is not only a new head coach, but a first time head coach. Um, so, you know, he's not having the issues that, that some of the others are, but, uh, but he is still a first timer, new time head coach. So, uh, uh, you just can't can't be surprised when there's hiccups, but uh, but I do like the Vikings at home in this one. Uh, playing in U.S. Bank Stadium is a huge advantage, um, but I, I think this is going to be a tough game between these two teams. I think uh, I think the Lions are starting to turn some people's heads with what they can do on offense. They have a tremendous run game right now. Um, Twenty carries, two hundred yards. Uh, yeah. Swift, yeah. Uh, he's. Yeah, he's 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 looking incredible right now. Um, so I, I think this is gonna. Be, I think you're gonna see a lot of offense. Um, I think you're gonna see a lot of putting the ball uh, to the playmakers in space, even behind the, the line of scrimmage. The way these two offensive offenses have been going. Um, but uh, I I do like the Vikings to win this one at home. A six point spread is tough. Um, the way the Vikings played last week, I, I think that they, uh, I think they survived this one at home. I'm going to take the Lions to cover that spread. Um, Fifty-one and a half. I'm going to take a weird the over. Game, I'm taking the over on this one as well. Here's something weird. I'm going to, I'm going to mention here. Right, <clears throat> Jared Goff, six touchdowns, one interception, twenty-six fantasy points per game so far. I, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, he's going against Minnesota, who's ranked twentieth against quarterbacks in terms of FPA. Um, I 33% of the leagues he's rostering, it kind of just came across my radar. I mean, if it's a shootout, Jared Goff's worth, worth picking up and possibly streaming. If you lost Trey Lance, you don't really have a good matchup with your quarterbacks, or you don't carry two on a roster like I don't, because uh, I'm smart and I'm bougie like that. So <laughs> I wonder if, you know, if Jared Goff is worth the pickup and worth the start, and I, I don't hate this matchup here. And so... Amon Rossi Brown, DeAndre Swift. You got your Jamal Williams, who could be a flex. Justin Jefferson. It, I yeah, you said over on this this spread. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take the over, and uh, 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna chastise anyone that drafted Trey Lance over Jared Goff personally. I don't I don't I don't see them as better. But you know I I, I understand that there was some hype around Trey Lance. Um, I know some people who did draft him. I thought it was a huge mistake. Um, I couldn't foresee what would happen, but I didn't think he would be the starting quarterback by the end of the season. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo would win this job. Um, it, it didn't work out that way. But, yeah, if you're looking for somebody, uh, Jared Goff could definitely uh, be fantasy relevant in a, definitely. In uh, a high I mean, offense I'm, I'm game. I'm surprised. Literally the last and first time you'll ever hear me mention anything good about Jared Goff. So. We'll move on with that being said, because I already have a really sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> um, so, uh, Baltimore at New England, uh, three-point underdogs to, uh, excuse me, three-point favorites to Baltimore over under 44. Kind of a weird uh, spread here. I mean, this is, New England uh, has scored 24 points in two games. I really got lucky on a touchdown because of Gunnar Olszewski took a football on the, uh, the old kisser. And uh, without that, would have scored 10 points and probably lost against Pittsburgh. So, I'm not really sure where the over-under is going with this one. I mean, is Baltimore's defense bad? Uh, They looked really bad last week and not really great in week one either. They gave up a lot of yards against Joe Flacco, so maybe there's something we don't know here. But uh, is New England England really capable of putting up more than 20? I mean, they don't look like they they can do that so far, to be honest. They just don't look consistent enough. Yeah, I think I'm with you here, and I think – you know, uh, there's so many things to, to consider with these early season games. I've already mentioned the new head coaches. Um, but a lot of these defensive units, um, it, it takes a while. When you've got rookies in the, in the secondary and at the linebacker position, um, it, it can take a, a few weeks for them to really start playing as a unit. Uh, and that's what the best defenses do. They play like they're one player. Um, and, uh, and which is why we draft them as one player. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think you're going to see some of these defenses do better this week. And I expect the Ravens to be one of those. Um, I think, uh, I think that, uh, you know, they really let the game get away from them this last week. Um, just right at the end of the game there. So I think the Ravens bounce back this week. I like the Ravens to win this one. Um, I am to yeah, take the under. It just seems like a weird game. Under 44. It, it, you know, the weather's going to be great up in Foxborough, so probably some offensive weather, but I, I just don't know about New England's offense. I mean, everything has to be so perfect for them to do anything. Uh, I, I just don't see it really happening. Although they've been, they've been, they played well at home over the last two or three years. Uh, I guess you know who knows, who knows with this one. So you're taking new, new uh, you're taking Baltimore, and under. Yeah, it's going to be hard yeah, to defend Lamar Jackson. I mean, they're going to play yeah. quarters all game. I, I don't really like it starting anybody here. I, even Lamar Jackson, I think he's just an automatic start as it is anyway. But uh, I've had been asked questions about Rashad Bateman against New England. I mean, New England's going to play good good defense, you know. Do you have uh, Do you have the status uh, on J.K. Dobbins? Is he coming no, back soon? Know. But they're they're they. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is his week, but I think that's going to really. Uh, allow Ravens to, to right. play uh, a little more of the style that they want to with the uh, dominant run game, yeah, control RPO. the clock yeah, type no, he, situation. Yeah, no, out this week too. So, um, so I mean, if they don't uh, have to yeah, worry about the know. run, I guess they just got to contain Lamar Jackson. Easier said than done, but he's looked really accurate this season. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough matchup for New England. It's a must win. 
for New England, no question. I mean, they have to start two and two to keep up Buffalo and Miami. So, but you're going Baltimore, so it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's see here. Let's let's <laughs> talk about Philadelphia uh, at the Washington Commanders. Six and a half point favorite to Philadelphia over under forty seven. Another game that might be fun to watch. I mean, you know, Washington's been weird. Uh, it's a it's a Carson Wentz team, so you got to figure they're going to be down by a bunch, and then somehow score a bunch of points. Um, I their offense is sneaky good though. They got Logan Thomas, they got Curtis Samuel. You mentioned Jahan Dotson, and um, there's I mean they still got J D McKinnon and um, Antonio Gibson on, on Washington, and of course Jalen Hurts has basically been the MVP so far in the first two games of the season. He's looked tremendous uh, with AJ Brown basically playing the uh, Stephon Diggs role this year for him. So, I mean, this seems like an easy win for Philly, but is it? You know, I I don't think it's going to be an easy win uh, because this is a division matchup. The Commanders are a team that that got better this year. Um, They've got a couple of games under their belt. They're 1-0 at home this year. Um, I, I expect the Eagles to win. I'll put that out there right now. But uh, I think uh, whether they do it early or do it late, I think the Commanders are going to make this a game worth watching. Um, I think Carson Wentz has found a little bit of rhythm with the uh, with the guys he's playing with now. So uh, so I, I do think, I hate to say it, but I think the Commanders will put up more points on the Eagles than the Vikings did. Uh, but, uh, but I definitely like the Eagles to win this one. Um, I think... At the end of the day, they're going to win by seven, maybe ten points. So I'm taking Philadelphia to cover that six and a half, and uh, and I'm going to take the over on the 47. I like the Eagles' defense. I think that they're playing lights out football right now, but uh, but the Commanders have a little something cooking. And I think uh, you know late in the game with a with a double digit lead, um, they're going to let the Commanders get back in this game, uh, if if only a little bit. So that's why I'm going to have to take the over. Um, but yeah, I like Philly. To yeah, win. I, I like, like Philly um, to beat the spread. I mean, geez, Louise, man. I mean, Philly has just been unbelievable, and it's a top. I mean, Jalen Hurts is now the, the second best quarterback in fantasy. You know, so this is a top tier matchup for him. Uh, Miles Sanders, AJ Brown. I mean, your Dallas Goddard's of the world, and of course Washington. I think will put up a fight. And did you say over? Oh wow, this could be a real shootout. Yeah, I'm thinking um, if over. that's the case, then it's kind of like all hands on deck when it comes to fantasy football players. So. Uh, not that you should pick up everybody, but I think Logan Thomas is kind of like a, a sneaky play here. If they get in the red zone, I think he's going to get a little better. He's coming off a big injury. And um, Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's been basically Washington's Debo Samuel. I don't think they're related. But we'll keep an eye on it moving hmm. forward. So this is a sneaky, sneaky game. I don't know why we keep talking about these. Huh. They look like blowouts, but they're a little more sneaky than we think they are. You know, Jacksonville at L.A., seven-point favorite the to LA, obviously over under forty seven. Jacksonville has been scrappy. They beat they beat Indy twenty four nothing last week. Almost beat Washington the first week of the season if it wasn't for an interception. O- offensive line's been coming together. Trevor Lawrence looks a more a little more comfortable. A little bit of a trap game for LA at home, huh? Uh, yeah, I I I would say that it is a bit of a trap game except that the Jaguars turned everybody's heads last week um, I, I don't think that they can be slept on by by their opponent after after a game like that um, so I, I don't expect the Chargers to get trapped by this game um, I think the Jags have a lot to be excited about I think they've got a lot 
uh, left to, to look forward to in their season. But uh, I think this matchup will showcase the difference between their divisions. Um, I, I think they're going to give the Chargers a lot of, a lot of you know, trouble, but I like the Chargers to win this one at home. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, it's it's pretty easy choice to take the Chargers. So I watched uh, their loss to the Chiefs last Thursday night, and uh, the the Chargers. Um, it, it's just such a division, tough division that they're in. The Chargers have maybe the best defensive pass rush in the league, and uh, and I think a really really tough, really talented young quarterback. So, uh, you know, the weapons are there. I think the Chargers uh, do this one at home, stay undefeated at home. And uh, the seven-point spread is tough. I'm going to give the Jaguars uh, the, the spread here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 10-day yeah, layoff. Chargers are going to win this one at home. That's just a lot in the NFL. I think we, we watched uh, Buffalo last week at, like, what, 14 days almost? Or 13 days? It was quite, it was quite a bit. And it was a big difference in that game, you know. So, uh, yeah. Um, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen may not play, so I wonder. Josh Palmer caught a touchdown last week for for L.A. Um, you know, it's – I don't know if you'd want to start him, but maybe you want to keep an eye on him depending on how Keenan Allen shakes out. Um, and then you got, obviously got your Austin Ecklers of the world. And a little sneaky play, Christian Kirk. Been a little better than I think a lot of people expected. He looks like he was worth the money. 12 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns. LA's secondary is a little vulnerable. Um, I think they're going to have a hard time running it. But I think play-action fake will get him open. And I, I think Trevor Lawrence will have a pretty decent day. Pretty decent day, if you ask me. Yeah. And uh, I, I am going to take the under on this one. Um like I said, I, I like the Chargers' defense a lot. Uh, the Jaguars just shut out a team. I don't care what team you're playing. When you shut out a team in the NFL, you, you've got something going on defense. Um, so I like this one to stay low scoring but competitive, uh, taking the Chargers to win. But uh, L.A. at yeah, uh, the L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. A three-and-a-half point favorite to L.A. Rams, a 48-and-a-half over-under. Um <clears throat> Couple crossroad teams. I mean, LA's been at home the first couple weeks of the season. Not that they're really traveling very far to go to Glendale, but um, nonetheless, Arizona came out last week had had a must-win it game and won it in, in dramatic fashion. At that, Kyler Murray's probably the most athletic player in the league. Um, wow, uh, what can you say here other than LA's had Arizona's number, and is it possible that that might change early in the season here? Uh I think it is possible. Um, the The problem with uh, with this game, you know, the the way I see the Rams right now, I was very optimistic about what they could do uh, coming back with with so many of their Super Bowl winners. But uh, but man, the offense it just hasn't looked like it did last year yet. Um, and uh, I'm not ready to uh, you know throw shade on Sean McVay but they are without last year's offensive coordinator. And uh, I think they've got some some issues brewing on moving the ball, getting in the red zone. Um, this could be uh, this could be the Cardinals the week their week. I'm going to take the Cardinals in an upset here. Um, I think uh, I think the Cardinals are, are set to do real well early in the season this year, whether or not they can keep that going. 
uh, in you know December uh, and and January. Who knows? But uh, I like them at home in this one. I'm taking the Cardinals to upset, and I'm going to take <clears> the good call. over. Um, you know, the the LA offensive line's been bad. It, it's been bad. Um, <laughs> what else can you say? I mean, it's it's the reason they have no running game. It's the reason Matt Stafford has been throwing so much and four touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, look, it's a Cardinals defense that's proven proven to be opportunistic, and they did a great job last week getting some turnovers. I think they're going to be better this week. I don't know how I feel about Isaiah Simmons lining up in the slot corner position. That's been kind of suspect so far, but. Um, yeah, it's they're gonna have a hard time covering Cooper Cup, but outside of that, what are you afraid of? You know, um, that's the way it is. It's just Stafford and Cup, and that's really about it. Uh, it's that's all they got. <laughs> On the other side, I mean, you know, they got to learn how to integrate Marquise Brown in that offense more, but that's gonna take time. And um, I think Arizona, yeah, it just takes a little Kyler Murray and a little magic. That's all. That's all they need. So, moving on, Green Bay at Tampa oh, yeah. Bay, even. Even line, even line. First one we got in this season over under forty two. This is a low. Oh man, this is funny. This is a this is probably the lowest line this week. Actually, now the Monday Night Football game is second lowest line this week, and literally it's for two teams that you think would just bomb the crap out of the the end zone. Um, not so much in the start of the season. What is happening to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay? And they've scored two touchdowns in in two games. And Green Bay they scored two as well. <laughs> So what's going on in these offenses, man? Aging quarterbacks, bad coaching, offensive lines. What what are we looking at? So I, there, there's a lot. So that's that's the thing. There's a lot going on with both of these teams right now. Um, the Buccaneers, are, I think, are pretty lucky to be two and zero. I think they'll be better later in the season uh, when they get people healthy again. Um, and I think the Packers will be better later in the season as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, makes you know develops chemistry with with this new receiving core that he's using. Um, you know, I I don't want to do it, but I'm taking the Packers to win on the road. I, I I would call it an upset. The last I looked at this, the Buccaneers were favored. It's even now, um, but I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna do what Aaron Rodgers does, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna get this one on Tom Brady. Um, it's not always been that way between these two, but right now I think the Packers have the most reliable element in this run game, and that's the one-two running punch. Um, their, their running game was just automatic, unstoppable last week. Um, so I like the Packers to take control of this game. Their, their defense is good. Their defense is a lot better than they looked in week one against the Vikings. Um, the Buccaneers' defense isn't to be slept on. But like I said, I think the Packers they're gonna they're gonna force them to stay up on the line with the run, and then Aaron Rodgers is gonna probably have some receivers drop some balls. But at the end of the day, I, I like the uh, like the Packers to win this one on the road, um, and uh, and I'll cry about it because well you know it's just, therapy for a lot I, of people on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast to talk about their 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 teams or the ones they do not like. <clears throat> uh, Tampa Bay the best. <laughs> the best fantasy defense rated 25 points week two. Uh, was it 15 week one? It's 10 sacks, four interceptions, two forced fumbles. Granted, you played against Jameis uh, Winston with a broken back last week, but uh, nonetheless, uh, impressive. I mean, you know, they put uh, what's his, Todd Bowles, right? Todd Bowles, head coach. What does he like to do? 
he likes the blitz. Um, Levante Data has three sacks. Uh, the other linebacker, and I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. I know Devin White has has two sacks. Um, they've looked great on defense, man. They're very aggressive. I just wonder when you go against a um, Aaron Rodgers type offense how that's going to work. And um, I'm kind of right there with you. I think it's going to the aggressiveness isn't going to necessarily pay off in this game. So it may have worked against Dallas and when Dak Prescott got hurt. Right. And of course against Jameis Winston because he was dead. Half dead. Um, but even Jameis moved the ball a little bit, and he spread it around, and I thought that they had a chance going into the end of that game. I mean, it was 20-10, to 10 and it was like basically 13-10 until um, Tampa Bay picked off a pass and took it to the end zone. So it's going to be close. It's probably an under. Um, yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. I think I think you like Green Bay, and I don't like any fantasy people <laughs> in this game either. Yeah, and, and I I agree. I agree on taking the under. Um if anything, this this could turn into a game where both defenses, both fantasy defenses, do all right because I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, I think that these quarterbacks are going to get sacked, um, which uh, I mean maybe you can you just maybe that's the reason to tune into this one is to see uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady get get put on their rears a couple of times. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I yeah definitely taking the under, and uh, I think the I think the Packers. Uh, Saturday Night Football, uh, San Francisco yeah. at Denver. Uh, line is one and a half. Wow, one and a half San Francisco. I didn't think I'd see that. 45 over under. You know, it's interesting um, what's going on in, San, in Denver in terms of the play calling and how um, oh, strange. Is that the right way to put it? It's been. Um, yeah. Um, so they've, they've had some, you know, w- w- I expected them to have some growing pains here at the beginning with a new head coach, a brand new quarterback. Um, there's just not a lot of time for everybody to get on the same page going into the season, even as early in the off season as it happened. Um, but, uh, you know, I, what they had, uh, they had, what they have to call a timeout because their, uh, punt returns didn't go onto the field yeah. with the punt return squad. Um, th- those sort of mistakes are just, uh, a really bad look at this level of competition. Um, they are playing at home. And I do expect them to, to move past that stuff. I don't think it's going to plague them all season. Um, on the other side, you've got the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers again. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's a team with way more identity than they started uh, the season with, with Trey Lance. Um, and uh, I, I do think that this is the week George Kittle is going to be back. So you've got George Kittle and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in there. I I I I think the spread is pretty accurate. I think it's going to be really close, but I'm taking the 49ers to win. And, and as always, if the spread is less than 3, I take the winners to beat the spread. Um it could be a one-point game. It's just not as common. So statistically, if I pick them to win, I'm picking them to beat the spread. Um I like the under in this game as well. 45 points, I think, is just going to be a little steep for what, 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 uh, what we The red zone is game. interesting. I, I I don't know where I read this the other day, but are the Broncos 0 for 13 in the red zone or something like that? Is it that high? Uh, I don't know if that's – I don't know if it's that high, but uh, I'll tell you a stat that I heard on the radio in Denver this week, and that's no. that in the red zone Six, they have called – 16 pass right, plays right. to four to four running plays. All right. And four and t- half of those running plays resulted in fumbles. 
Um, I, I don't think that that's going to trend. Uh, that was all week one. But, uh, but man, the play calling has been a real head-scratcher in the red zone. You've got Javante Williams um, and, you've, you, and Melvin Gordon. These, these guys are, are built for red zone carries. Um, Melvin Gordon, one of the best in the red zone uh, in, in recent memory. Um, but uh, four run plays to 17 uh, pass plays. So a, a little over four times as many. Uh, passing plays as you're doing running plays in the red zone. It just doesn't make sense. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can predict that the Broncos are going to correct that this week, but I sure hope that they will. Um, but uh, even so, I think uh, I think this is going to be a <clears throat> Yeah, it just doesn't line up for Denver here. I'm not really sure what the fantasy implications are here. I, it's just, it's been a weird season for all these guys. But I tell you what, if George Kittle's back, you can best believe that the, the inventor of National Tight End Day will have a day today, that day, if he does play. If he does indeed play, I just, and, you know, <laughs> Debo Samuel's down on my list. It's Russell Wilson is pretty significantly down. I might start Jared Goff over him if you get a chance to stream him this week. I, I, I don't know about Denver. It's, it's been a little just too weird with the play calling I, and just too lackadaisical. And, 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 and like you said, the chemistry just isn't there in terms of, like, here's our personnel and here's the plays that will work. You know, well they they didn't play any of their starters in the preseason, um, with with one or two exceptions. Uh, but uh, so I I do think that we'll see another Denver, uh, a better Denver. Uh, but uh, I don't I can't. Okay. Take them to well, win here is the um, the strangest game this week. I mean, you have the two and O New York Giants at uh, home taking on the Dallas Cowboys Monday Night Football. One-point favorite to New York, over under 39. Yeah, you know, New York reminds me of Carolina last year where they started out 3-0 and and just, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was just by pure luck or just play calling and everybody caught up. But Dayball looks like a really good coach. I'll give that to him. Um, Otherwise, uh, New York doesn't have a lot of talent on offense. Their defense is pretty good, if not good. I don't know, 7 out of 10? (laughs) Uh, they're going against Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys who um, have proclaimed that this could be their next Tom Brady, the ginger Tom Brady, if you will. Um, I guess we'll see it. We'll, we'll have to believe to see it. But, hmm. yeah, Dallas never really that great on the road, and they're going Monday night against New York. Uh, what, do, what do we think about this matchup? Um, you know, I, I think I'd feel better – taking the Cowboys if they had a journeyman quarterback back there who could really make use of the rest of the roster. Um, this this new guy, he, I, he might be the future. He might turn out to be really good, but it takes time and it takes reps. It takes experience to uh, to really play the position at a high level. Um, I like the Giants at home in this one. Uh, being a one-point spread, I got to take them to beat the spread. Um yeah, thirty nine over. That's just a just a little too. I don't expect this to be a high scoring game, but I got to take the over on the thirty nine. Here's a stat: uh, Giants ahead. to go win ahead. at home. No, no, no. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, so th- this game, <laughs> it's. I hate to say it, it. This game's a little irrelevant in my opinion. I think the real matchup in this division uh, this week is going to be. The uh, Commanders and the Eagles, the two teams that actually have something going this year. Um, 
So this this is uh, <laughs> this is my this is my sad sack matchup. Yeah, this you week. know, the it's, fact it's that a this it's game a is on game a that's night. been booked because of the uh, the you know the 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 fan bases. They're large. They're all over the country. It's New York. It's Dallas. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. here's here's the thing that sticks out to me. I mean, you're talking about Saquon Barkley, a guy that probably went in the second or third round this year in fantasy. 39 carries, 236 yards, two touchdowns, one touchdown, 6.1 yards on average. If there's anything that, that Brian Dayball has done really well with, if you just want to say there's one thing, is that he's learned how to use Saquon Barkley really well, um, get him inside and outside those tackles, sweet plays, get him in space, 71% completion percentage for Daniel Jones. I mean, this offense is really efficient, regardless of how crappy it probably looks on paper. Because you're throwing the guys like Richie James. I, I don't even know who that is. And um, Sterling, Sterling Shepard, I mean, I didn't even know he was still in the league. Um, it, it's, yeah, Sterling, kid. And Sterling. Um, Kenny Galladay, so, well, there you go. Boomer Sutter, baby. catches for 22 <laughs> yards. I mean, you're not even using your best target on offense. So, um, you know, give, give, give Dayball credit. I mean, he's just made a really efficient offense that just moves incrementally up the field, uses the run game really well. Uh, Dallas, I mean, they've been torched. By Leonard Fournette and um, you know whoever they played last week that I can't remember. <laughs> so it's uh, Bengals, right? And so like I think there's a lot of potential for Saquon Barkley to have a big game, and uh, the offensive line's been really good. Andrew Thomas has got a 90 on PFF for New York. Things are lining up, man. The the I mean the offense is efficient. If anything, really boring to watch. But you know they're not fantasy relevant outside of Saquon Barkley, but uh, I think. New York is on to something here. If they had a better quarterback, I think you'd, they'd be a little bit more more entertaining to watch, needless to say. So, Well, and it's, uh, you know, we've, we've seen year after year that the Cowboys will uh, be set to have a great year, maybe even make a deep playoff run, and then something happens, and it, it, it don't even come close. They fall well short of the mark. Um, that happened in week two this week, this year. Um, and, uh, I, 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 I don't think it's too early to say that the Cowboys are going to finish last in this division. That's, that's, that's my, that's my prediction, uh, two weeks into the season that the Cowboys are the worst team in eh, one of the worst divisions in football. It's not the worst. Um, it's, it's hard. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting harder to say that. Uh, oh yeah. And a flag on the play. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the Cowboys, Cowboys not looking good. Uh, I don't, I don't see them getting a lot going this season. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, the Eagles, the commanders definitely going to finish above the Cowboys, probably yeah. the Giants yeah. as well. So, um, kind of a, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting watching the rest of the year here. So at least in that case for Dallas, because who knows where they'll go without Dak Prescott. We got, so let's call it seven minutes to go through some games. We didn't, we will not cover in depth. So Trevor, Quick hits. Las Vegas Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. Two points to Vegas, 45.5 over under. It is an interesting game considering both teams are 0-2, and if they lose, uh, one team is definitely not going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's virtually impossible to turn your season around once you're 0-3. What do you think here? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you got it right there. It's Battle of the 0-2s. I'm taking the Raiders to win this one on the road. I just have a lot more optimism for them to be able to turn around uh, a bad start to their season. The Titans, man, Derrick Henry's not working, then then the Titans got nothing. 
Um, I, I just, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's very strange to see a team go from the, uh, number one seed in their conference last year's playoffs to, uh, to looking this bad, this inept, uh, on offense. And, uh, the Raiders are from that really tough division where every team got even better this year. So, uh, I, I think this is a straight up get right game for the Raiders, uh, it's a two-point spread, so I'll take the Raiders to cover um, 45.5 over-under. And if it doesn't go over, it's because the Titans absolutely – I'm going to take the under. I don't think the Titans think are going to put up a lot of points. Get right game for Indy, take the under. question mark. Five-and-a-half-point favorite to Kansas City here, over-under 50-and-a-half. Indy at home traditionally has played really well inside the Dome. Kansas City on the road, will it even matter? I mean, if, if, if there's no weather conditions that are going to affect Patrick Mahomes, then I don't even see oh, how – Indy has a chance here, but nonetheless, yeah. So we've uh, we've seen the Chiefs win both ways, playing the way that we expect them to, and then also just you know oddly finding themselves ten points down at home. Uh, still was able to get back in that game and win. Uh, I like the Chiefs here on the road, five and a half point spread. I'm going to take them to beat the spread. Um, I'm going to take the over on the 50.5 just because it's the Chiefs, even if the Colts can't do much. Um, I Well, you know, that that over-under is tough because we just saw nothing from the Colts last year, or sorry, last week. And the uh, the Chiefs' defense, is it's, it, it's what got them back in the game last week. The Chiefs' defense can play whether or not they're going to be that all the time or if they just step up when they need to. I've yet to decide. But... Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the under on this one. I, I just have that little expectation for the Colts this week. Um, so, yeah, Chiefs yeah, it's going to be win, hard for Indy uh, to keep up under. with Kansas City if the game gets gets into a hyperdrive in terms of scoring points. One, well, and then and then the right. defense has an even right. easier time Absolutely. playing their game. Okay, we're going to look you know? at uh, yeah. who else did we skip here? Cincinnati at New York since he's six-point favorite. Over under 45. New York's been sneaky only because they throw the ball at nauseam. Um it's uh, strange. They kind of it was they were sort of competitive against Baltimore, thirty-one thirty against Cleveland, and then we're looking at uh, maybe maybe a, an upset here, maybe an, maybe another upset against Cincy, even though they're zero two. They got to win this game. Can't start zero three. Right. So uh, I uh, I don't you know I, I I think that what the Jets did last week was really cool. Great great football to watch. Um, and I, I do think that they're getting better and they're finding some things that work for them. Uh, I, I do think that the Bengals are going to have a get-right game here. I'm taking the Bengals to win. Um, I'm going to take the Jets to cover, though. I think the Bengals uh, aren't just going to be able to flip that switch and look like they did last year. Um, they're obviously struggling on the on the defensive side of the ball where, where the Jets have improved uh, playing offense. So I like this to be a close game in New York, but I'm taking the Bengals to win. Mm. I'm going to take the over. Okay, the uh, New Orleans uh, at Carolina, two and a half point favorite to New Orleans, 41 over under. It's just a game I don't think a lot of people really want to watch. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Oh man, you're going to you're, yeah, you're going to make me form an opinion yep. on this stinker. <laughs> um, oh man. So, jeez. Uh, uh, man, it's. I, you know what? I'm taking the Panthers work. in an upset here. Um, I think uh, I think this is going to be Baker Mayfield's uh, you know first win of the year, first win of the in his division, first win with his new team. Um, 
the both of these teams have issues uh, galore on both sides of the ball. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if the winner here came down to special teams play because um, it's I just think it's going to be an ugly game. Over under is forty one uh, appropriately. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those sloppy games where the teams find the end zone uh, a few times. So, yeah, I'm taking yeah, Panthers an to upset, game and, and I'm taking um, the over. What else can you say? <laughs> it's one of those it, – it, it's on uh, – yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's all you can really say. We'll, we'll keep um, an eye on it. We'll I can't <laughs> see the last one because, unfortunately, my computer froze. So, I'm going to say it is, what, Seattle and Atlanta, correct? Okay. So, it's, yeah, at, Atlanta at Seattle um, – Man, uh, the Falcons are winless. The Seahawks have a win at home in a weird game. I mean, the the Seahawks did play a good game that first Monday night game, but I'm not sure that they actually won it on their own merit. I'm talking about just uh, bad game management from the uh, uh, you know Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach at at, uh, at Denver. So I, uh, man, this is a tough one. Ah. Uh, I oh I I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Seahawks to win at home. Uh, I do. I I think Pete Carroll will uh, uh, you know use that home crowd again to the advantage of of the offense and the defense. And uh, I think uh, they're gonna run the ball a lot. And I just don't think this is the Falcons' week. I don't expect the Falcons to go winless, but uh, this is gonna be a, a close one. But uh, I think yeah, the Seahawks team stay alive on the road this week. Uh, what else can you say? In Seattle, no, no, more, no less. So, right. The North, yeah, yeah, yeah the North. Yeah, another Northwest, team really yeah. excites me. I, I mean, it's just another one of those games where it's like you accidentally catch it on a red zone, or you're at the bar and you, it, it's it's on. I guess you'll keep an eye on it. The only, <laughs> the only guy. I mean, I feel there, here's two storylines real quick, and then we'll we'll jump off the air here. Kyle Pitts, four catches, 38 yards. Drake London, 13 for 160, a touchdown. He looks great. Kyle Pitts. You know, I just I don't know what happened to Kyle. I, I wonder if he's getting double teamed. I, I obviously haven't watched the Atlanta games, but weird. It's a weird year. Well, it's it's. I think it's tough when uh, when your number one offensive threat is your tight end. That's that's uh, yeah. It's almost too easy for defenses. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it, you you always have to have something that can help you scheme your tight end into, uh, you know, open short routes like a, like a burner wide receiver or a dominant run game, um, something to get space in the flats. Um, and, and the Falcons just don't have it. Uh, so I, I think Marcus I think Mariota Kyle Pitts is in a real uh, tough 59.4 spot. 59.4 QBR, 11th in the league. Weird. Maybe worth a streaming option. I, I, I'm looking at his Whoa. stats, two touchdowns, Whoa. two interceptions, 411 yards. 18 carries, 88 on the ground, one touchdown. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do a lot of different things against Seattle to get some something going. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see more creativity in that offense. Arthur Smith's a pretty good offensive coordinator. Just landed in a really crummy situation in Atlanta. So um, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on him just because they could be end up doing more RPO, a little bit more razzle dazzle as the year goes around. So. As the wheels turn into week four next week, I can't believe we'll be a month through the season as the next time we get on the airways here, but um, we will be. <laughs> so, as always, 
You can find us on all the streaming platforms and feel free to drop a like or subscribe, a review. Even if you don't listen, you just download. That's good enough. <laughs> Obviously, I want like you to listen, but it is what it is. You can find us on all the uh, all the all the Instagrams and the podcasts <laughs> and, the, and the whatnot, and the Twitters and the Facebooks. So just look up Rob K's or Trevor Koppel on Instagram. You know where to find us. You want to follow us? Please do. Otherwise, we'll be here back next week. Do you have any words before we jump off the airways, my friend? Uh, sure. No, I, I'm going to pose one last question to you, though. Is because uh, I mean the the way it's starting to look now, and and how how good Philadelphia has appeared so far. Uh, who is the worst division? Is it the NFC East uh, or is it the mm. NFC South? Uh, you know the 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 Panthers. They just don't look. I mean, I didn't expect them to be great, but they they don't look as good as I thought they would be with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, the the Falcons might be the worst team in the league. Um, the Saints are seriously struggling, um, and so I think it really comes down to who's better: the 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 Eagles or the Buccaneers. Uh, and in my opinion, it's it's somewhat of an even match gonna, right I'm now. Gonna, I can't really decide. Uh, go the AFC South. I know you didn't. That wasn't an option, but that's what I'm I'm gonna pick. Yeah. AFC South. I think it's oh, just a, a very AFC bad division. South. I mean, there if Jacksonville ends up winning that. It's just yeah, it's an epitome of a lot of poop. Worst worst division is in the by far yeah, dominant right. conference. Yeah, the irony, quite the so, polarity. Uh, it, it's just Tennessee is what they are. Jacksonville. I mean, come on, they're they're at least a year or two away, and Houston is probably a decade away, and um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and then I mean Indy, I, I I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I, I'm not sure what happened to Indy. I I mean it's really early, and of course they could get it back together, but they just uh, they just a weird. They division. certainly are a division yeah, in trouble the, right the, now. The, the it's not good for the NFL to have that division be as weak as it is. So, but no, they they don't really. I hadn't thought of that. They really don't have a uh, an right. Eagles or right. a Buccaneers pretty, pretty trashy. in that division. So. Anywho, until next time, we're out.